everyone welcome back to another episode of mixtape podcast uh, today we have with us umaid uh, waseem he is a sports journalist who uh, whose key uh, two sports that he uh, mostly focuses on is football and golf hello and welcome umaid hi hi fatma thank you for having me uh so the key reason for me to invite you to this podcast is uh generally whenever we somebody thinks of of some discussion around sports the first thing that comes to mind is in pakistani uh, audience mind is obviously cricket uh, we are a cr- cricket crazy nation uh, but there are other sports as well that i think we people do watch it people have an interest in it but unfortunately we don't have a large scale uh, you know sports structure around them to promote our local players uh, recently because olympics are on uh, these days and uh, till till this point i think talha is still trending because of the same reason somebody who yeah. who had who has like so much potential but obviously uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, support behind him so this the sport that we are going to be talking about today which is football uh, sees a similar fate uh, i know somebody who has a personal interest in the game i watch it i watch club games but one of the key reasons is for this that we don't have a national team or a, or players at that level that we can sort of you know get uh, a lot more emotionally invested in this game uh whenever there's fifa uh, specifically in karachi ka jo liari wala area we see there are actually news reports done where we see you know these flags of different national teams but unfortunately there's no pakistani flag there so given that this is something uh, a sport that you cover in in depth can you just share what where does pakistani football stand right now Well, um, to be really honest, we stand nowhere in in terms of the global game. And it's a it's a shame because uh, we we have a lot of players, we have a lot of interest as well, and yet we we don't really we 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 like minos. You can you can call us super minos because uh, we never won a World Cup qualifier in history. Um, it's a sad. whole history of pakistan football uh, there have been some high points in the 60s and 70s but otherwise I mean, we like one of the worst struggling nations in in the world and as we speak right now we are suspended by fifa uh, because of uh, third party interference into the uh, affairs of the pakistan football federation and uh, there's a lot of turmoil in the pakistan football federation for the last uh, Six seven years, which is which is now resulted us being banned for the second time uh, during that period. Uh, so it's it's like a, it's it's a very bad state of the game if you if you would like to like uh, sum it up. And uh, and the the problems are at every level. It's uh, it's from the PFF down to the people who organize tournaments. Uh, the the very fact. that we love to see the global game but 
um, we we still like uh, still living in the 50s and 60s when it comes to game development. It's uh, we're living in very ancient times uh, with regard to football because uh, the way the, football, the way the game has progressed in the whole world, and uh, we we've just not been able to catch up with it, which is why we keep lagging behind. Like every one year, we fall five years behind. So that's the whole difference. That's obviously you have just opened up with you know you have summed it up well, and it's a pretty sad situation. So I just want to sort of dissect a few key sections of this entire situation. And as I said previously as well, that other than cricket, I we don't really see. a lot of investment going in any other sport uh when it comes to you know investing in players the training and you know sort of keeping up with the international trends so and uh, we were obviously going to talk about the the fifa uh, ban but you have mentioned it so i would just like to cover it first what does because you said this third party uh involvement can you just explain it for a layman what a bit more in bit in bit more detail what that means and also what does that mean for pakistan's football future and specifically not just obviously the game as we really our team doesn't really stand anywhere but individual players you know from be it from the female uh, players camp or the male players camp we see a few individual highlights people who are doing something on their own and get recognized internationally because they end up playing for some international club at some level so this ban what does it mean for the players in general well basically let's just start by the ban because uh now we see you know uh, the pff uh, it was formed in 1948 it's uh, it's one of the founding members of the asian football confederation and uh, since it was formed it has been a member of fifa as well um since 2003 uh, the pff had just one president and that was uh, faisal saleh and uh, during his time at the helm a lot of uh, irregularities and um, there were a lot of funds coming from fifa which were not being utilized well and uh, because it's so political you know it's it's about you know world football and fifa and the afc it's like another level and uh, it's all about power and money fifa is all about power and money it's it's uh, if i put it very simply uh anyone uh, who would want to uh, people want to be the president of the pff because it's all about that power and money so you know you can understand that why people hang on to their seats and uh, like they cling on very tightly and they don't want to let go but so in 2015 when the pff elections were being held there was a big dispute in the pff which resulted in the pff uh uh splitting into two factions what happened then was that there was a pff that was recognized by the government there was a pff recognized by fifa which was 
the one led by Faisal Saleha. So it, it went on till 2019 until FIFA decided that the PFF needed a normalization committee, which would basically hold fresh elections of the PFF and uh, basically solve all those uh, matters. Um, the uh, the PFF at that point was uh, was uh, one that was led by Faisal Salehat and another that was elected by the Supreme Court, uh, which saw Ashfaq Hussain Shah become the president of the PFF. So, like after 18 months, and uh, Ashfaq Hussain Shah says that the, that the normalization committee didn't do anything, he decided it was time he'd uh, take over the house and. Subsequently, that takeover saw Pakistan being banned by FIFA. So that's where the third party involvement or interference comes from. Hello? Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. Like, I was just thinking, uh, um, yes, you know, the, a general term is used that, you know, wherever there will be more than two individuals, some form of politics will be there. But I think uh, this is a trend that we see across the board. Um, not just in sports, but in other fields and industries as well, that the, the, the power dynamics and the politics of it sort of ruins the whole structure of things. Obviously, politics happens in other countries as well in, in, in every field, but I think we sort of, our priorities sort of, we lose the, I, the sight of what really matters in the situation. So you have very well explained what this entire fiasco is. So now, what does this mean for our uh, players, Pakistani players? Obviously, uh, both in terms of the fact where does uh, the national team, whatever form, in whichever form it exists, stands, and also if individual players want to sort of, you know, um, do, get involved in the club, matches or games because you know uh, at the national level there is no team we don't get to we don't have that club sports system in the country so individually if they want to participate does this entire thing impact them well basically uh, the national team can't play during the ban it's uh, suspended from all asian football confederation tournaments or fifa tournaments so internationally, uh, Pakistan does not exist at this point in time. The players, yes, they can play for their clubs. There's no restriction on that. But that is an entirely different matter because if the clubs actually want these players. Um, Pakistan has had some great, uh, great, good talents that have come up in, in the uh, in the last few years. You know, you've, we've seen Kalimullah, we've seen Mohammad Adil. We've seen Sadullah. The, the, there are a couple of players, male players, and then you've got uh, Hajra Khan in women, um, Shalila Baloch, who unfortunately died in a car crash. She was uh, one of the rising stars. And so we, we've, got, we've got players coming up. Um, mm -hmm. One of the problems uh, in their growth is that the fact that the domestic competition here isn't that good, that's why they... Uh, they never really get a chance to uh, play at a higher level because in the end what, what happens is they can only move to a league or a club 
which is slightly better in a, in a country which is slightly better but seeing them play like for example in Premier League or 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 Spain La Liga or Bundesliga i mean that's not going to happen very soon it's unless and until we develop our football system and and basically use the modern football techniques it's not going to happen So yeah, the players are losing out, yes, because the national team isn't playing. So that's a big loss for them, because uh, that actually gives them a chance to show these clubs that yeah, they we can perform and we can perform at a higher level. But otherwise, I mean, if you look at the domestic uh, football system, it's uh, it's outdated. Uh, we still have departments. There's no uh, club culture. So there are a lot of factors why why. football is is where where it is uh so you uh, we were talking about players and the fact that you know, they can only even if those who try to you know get into uh the clubs uh outside pakistan there too because of the performance uh, level it's there there are limitations despite um individual talent Uh, so my next uh, i think question from this conversation would be that in your uh, when you you have been covering the sport um and i'm going to assume that you have sort of interacted with a few players how do you see their personal motivation and the fact that obviously because there's no real scope or future when you know if somebody is interested in the game and they want to sort of do it professionally and there are there's literally no system how can other young, the younger players not the ones who are currently already in the system they might have sort of figured out some way to sort of you know make their financial thing work out along with their passion for the game but when there's there is literally no structure how do you get those younger players who want to get into this thing because they see international players and how you know they are recognized and those who have talent get to make it big how, what 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 is their motivation level and if they still want to do it how do they ma- go around the system well you know it's, it's, international football is is a bridge too far for us right now right now what we can realistically aspire is to compete at the south asian level. at this point in time and then probably move up to the asian level and then i mean it's it's like it's going to be a step by thing and it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take time for the young players that are coming up i mean right now there is little incentive but the the players that are already there the players who actually show that they're good enough are usually snapped up by departments so that gives them a sense of financial security because they're employed by departments most of them have permanent contracts and stuff so there is a financial security but yes suppose if 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 the players think about being at the at the level of uh, cristiano ronaldo or messi um, paul pogba for that matter i mean it's 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 not that easy because you know these players the world class players that we see are in a system uh, in a in a football system from when they're 
six years old, five years old, seven years old. We don't have that system in Pakistan. And we won't have that system in Pakistan for the next decade, I think. Uh, unless there's a big transformation in the PFF and there's a, there's a focus on grassroots and developing talent. Because right now, talent only gets you this far. But, you know, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the other aspects like training, nutrition. So, you know, the, the players that we see at the top level are, are really athletes who develop and sink to that. So, I mean, for a youngster who has a lot of talent, uh, but doesn't have the opportunity, that talent won't take uh, him or her that far. It's, it demands a lot of work, uh, a lot of coaching, um, and, and, and a lot of areas that he was not to make a complete player. So, unfortunately, you know, we don't have a system in Pakistan. So, yeah, it is demoralizing for any youngster who wants to come into football and play at a high level. And that too, representing Pakistan, we see some players who were born abroad, like, you know, you've seen Zidane Iqbal, who was in the Manchester United Academy and just made the first United. So, there are players who've been developed in a system, but I don't see personally uh, a player who's born in Pakistan and training here making that big. No. I mean, it, 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 it requires a whole rejig of the system, the way the train players, the way coaching is done because, you know, uh, uh, international football and football in Pakistan are like on, on completely different wavelengths. It's, uh, uh, Catching up with that, it's, it's going to take us a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. And uh, uh, frankly, right right now, I don't see anyone who's actually willing to invest that much in the boxing football. Yeah, um, you, you rightly pointed out that you know there's a we sort of la- we are lagging behind, not just by a few years, but I think by decades in the entire terms of the entire technique or all the development that has happened in the game. Uh, but from somebody who knows the game, uh, has covered it, and somebody I'm gonna, uh, who, li- who is like a fan of the sport, uh, for example, if you need to like suggest even the baby steps that need to be taken, that I'm not saying that, you know, major changes that will sort of, as you said, it's not going to happen in a day. But what are the baby step, steps that it, the PFA needs to take right now to fix their their house in order uh, so that, you know, things can start progressing in the right direction? First of all, we need a PFF which has football people rather than politicians and people who don't know jack about it. We need people who, who understand the modern game people who, who who actually know what it what it takes to make a system. We need a good technical director. We had a good one who just left, uh, Danny Limines, uh, and he left because of the PFF turmoil. So that's the first step. And then we need academies. Um, PFF had eight goal projects from FIFA. None of them were completed. And I always think, 
if they had been completed we would have been in a, in a different state right now in terms of football so we need academies we need we need to we need age groups and we need to sort out the best talent we need to nurture that talent it's it has to be done uh, very properly and very meticulously we need good coaches um coaches who know the modern methods and uh, coaches who are not outdated in terms of their philosophies uh we need a footballing philosophy um an identity in which we we train our players in in certain ways and then of course we need a club system uh we need to form clubs in the country and make them financially viable um i am personally very much against the franchise league for football uh, because that's uh, no way you're going to develop football it's a very short term measure a uh, franchise league because a lot of people talk about holding a franchise league with football in on similar lines to the pakistan super league in cricket um, that is no way to develop talent you need clubs who have age group teams and uh, it it has to be a a whole system that works in sync from the pff down to the club to the grassroots and to have that system in place is going to take a lot of effort and it's it needs people who understand football at the helm of the pff these are i think quite rightly the first the, you need to build a foundation to be able to sort of uh create a strong structure i think it applies across the board um we really don't see a lot of i don't think because as you have pointed out there is not a lot of uh, you know proper statistics or data collected about the game anyways so just do you know even uh, from our historic time when there the game was actually flourishing at some level are there any sort of you know milestones or any achievements that you can share with us that some games that we won or some players that were really uh, respected or you know recognized as uh, good players at, at maybe at the asian level or at international level we had good players at that point we have good players at this point is that i mean at that point we had abdul ghafoor majnaa who was the pakistani player and he was a very famous in the whole of south asia we had ali nawaz who was a legendary striker um he was very good we had mohammad isa uh, right now we have kaleem mullah who is uh, who who i feel if he had proper opportunities he would have grown into a bigger star than what he currently is so i mean we had players we had uh, we had at that point team from russia and turkey even coming to pakistan and we got good results against them uh, right now if you look at iran uh, you you can't compete against them if you look at turkey you can't compete against them not not even like uh, they won't even play a match against you because you're not at that level anymore but at one point you were at the same level or maybe a bit higher but right now if you look at the top 
the top tier teams in Asia, like Japan, South Korea, uh, Iran, Australia. Um, if, even if you ask them to play against you, they won't, they won't play against you because simply you're not at that level. So, I mean, we've fallen. We've fallen pretty far behind. And it's, it's a shame because uh, from what I've, what I've seen and what I've covered, people really love football. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a game that, you know, uh, for me, it's always, I, I look at football from all many different angles. Um, football is a game that can create social change, unlike any other sport. Yeah. And uh, it's a way of expressing yourself. And no other, no other sport, like a lot of people ask me that, why I don't like cricket. And I always say that I don't like cricket because it can never cause social change. It's, it's not, it's, a, it's, a, it's an elite sport. Yeah. It's a game of the elite. It, 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 it's, it's played in just the countries in which the British ones rule. It's a commonwealth sport and it, it, it's, it's in a way to, I mean, you can say that cricket was introduced to the subcontinent in order to like yeah. limit people rather than giving them a chance to express themselves. Now, football, on the other hand, is is a game that comes naturally to us. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's why I feel very sad when I see the current state of football in Pakistan. And uh, um, I hope and I really pray at times that maybe one day I can see Pakistan win well at some level. Because unfortunately, we've, uh, we won the South Asian games, but that doesn't matter that much because it's the SAS championship that is like the the best tournament in South Asia. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, you see India sending a B team and still winning it and being not able to compete again. So that's just in terms of how we've fallen behind India as well. Because they can win a SAS Cup with the B team and we can't win it with, with our A team. So so you know that's that's the sad part. Yeah, it's it's a pretty overall sort of gloomy situation. But as you rightly pointed out, football uh, is a, a game that sort of is. I think there are a lot of documentaries from Latin America. To it has a political expression to it as well, be it at club level or at you know when uh, national teams play against each other. So yeah, it's it's a very interesting and passionate game, and it's really sad that we uh, don't get to be a part of that environment. Um, but we're going to try and somehow figure out a way to end this conversation on a positive note. Uh, so can you share like some interesting? Um, experience that you had covering these events anywhere. It could be some international game as well uh, and some interesting maybe interaction with some players or with crowd or anything that you would like to share. Um, I've been very lucky actually. I mean, I've been able to cover two World Cups in, in Brazil and Russia and uh, and Cardiff. I mean, uh, for me, I mean, I had, I had 
uh, I interviewed Martin Tyler, the commentator, and everybody recognizes him. And he told me in 2014 that you know the world is waiting for Pakistan to come up. So unfortunately, he's not been able to do that. Uh, I've had very good interviews. I mean, I interviewed Paul Pogba after the World Cup final. I interviewed uh, Ngolo Kante after the World Cup final in France had won. So those are great moments. Uh, and I mean, seeing Messi and Ronaldo uh, uh, play in front of my eyes was, was an amazing experience. And uh, I mean, that's what I hope, you know, one day for me, uh, I've been to two World Cups and I've never had a chance to cover the national team at a World Cup. I mean, my, my dream would be to see Pakistan playing at a World Cup. I mean, and covering that World Cup, it is. I mean, that, that's going to be like the, it's, it's something that's on top of my wish list. Uh, because, you know, it's like the World Cup really is, uh, is a tournament for the whole world, and it has the best team. And it's an it's an amazing journey for the teams that actually make it to the world. Uh, so you know, it's like I mean, if you go to a World Cup, you qualify for a World Cup, it it gives you such a feel good factor. I saw Iceland at the first World Cup, and the the crowd, the passion, the the fan following was amazing. So. I mean, those are the stories you want to follow. I mean, I, if, if Pakistan were to like go through the whole qualifying for a World Cup, eventually reach the World Cup. I mean, it's not about winning the World Cup. It's just about reaching the World Cup. Yeah. So that's, that's just like, and that's an amazing journey, a journey I want to cover. Unfortunately, we always get knocked out in the first round. So, you know, you really don't see us playing those matches, those big matches against the big teams. If we go past the first round, we might end up playing Japan or South Korea or Iran or Saudi Arabia or Uzbekistan. You know, like, the top teams in Asia. And, you know, just, just that feeling for me is going to like be the completion of my journey as a football journalist to see Pakistan doing well in World Cup qualifying. Well, uh, I personally hope that that comes true for you and we do get to see a team because I think for our generation, uh, getting to see Ronaldo and Messi play in front of you, I think that's one of the biggest bucket list that you have done. And hopefully you will uh, one day get to tell the story of the Pakistani team qualifying uh, for the World Cup, hopefully in our in our lifetime. Um on this note, uh, thank you for your time. And hopefully I would like to have you back uh, someday. Maybe we'll discuss some other sport or hopefully we'll see some change, even if it's a minor change in the right direction uh, for our football federation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stop first. Stop first.